welcome to Storytelling. This week's guest is an international professional speaker, three times best-selling author, decorated combat veteran and awarded entrepreneur. He is America's number one icon architect, founder of Oklahoma Black Business Expo, House of Icons and Queer Icons, as he nurtures experts, helping them to carve their niche and find their voice. He also serves as the executive director of the Laveau Foundation, challenging his entrepreneurial acumen into impactful philanthropic initiatives. His influence reverberates through esteemed publications, including Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, and many more. Please welcome Asa Levo. Hello, Asa, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Asa, reflecting on our initial meeting, I was captivated by your insightful introduction. Can I ask you to reshare your introduction for the audience? Most definitely. So for everyone out there, first off, hello. Glad to have you here co-creating this episode with us. And for those of you that don't know me, I am Asa Laveau. And who I am is I am a divine being sent here to remind you of your divinity. Thank you. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Asa, as we dive into today's discussion on burnout, a topic that resonates with so many in today's fast-paced world, could you share your insights on what burnout means to you personally and why it's such an important issue to address? For me, burnout looks like, have you ever heard someone say, you know, I have nothing left to give? Yeah. That's what I feel burnout looks like when you are at your physical end, your wits end, your mental end, because you feel that you have been in support of everyone else's emergencies, everyone else's dreams and everyone else's agendas. And you have placed willingly, you have placed yours on the back burner. And I think that's really important to highlight because often we don't realize that we're putting our own dreams on a back burner because we're so busy being helpful to others. One thing that I want to bring up is you have a completely different perspective on burnout and what it means. Yes, I do. That would be accurate. So for me, I see a correlation between burnout and this idea, this phrase, the work-life balance. I definitely do. And this came across because someone once asked me, so Asa, how do you balance it all? And my immediate response, my visceral response was that I have no idea what you're talking about. My life looks anything than balanced. If you were to have a bird's eye view of my life in totality, that's right, in totality, not the little bit of it that I share on social media, but in totality, it looks anything but balanced. And I think that's the thing because 
from the outside looking into someone else's life always looks as though the grass might be greener in their life when they're not actually seeing the full picture. Neither do you have to share the full picture with them. But I think it's just respecting that you only ever see a snippet of someone's life. Most definitely. And especially for those out there who are business owners, entrepreneurs, just someone going after your dream. We are going to use, you know, especially when it comes to social media, we are going to use social media the same way that larger or more well-known businesses used ads on the radio, on television, streaming platforms. We're going to use social media the same way that those more exposed companies are going to use those platforms. We're going to give you the best we can. Now, we know that there are huge organizations, huge airlines, and they're telling us about the great deals, but they're not telling us how many layoffs they just did or what security leak they just were notified about. They're not telling us those things, even though we know they are apparent. They're giving the highlight reel as well. And so we are doing that same thing. So I don't want to definitely make anyone feel bad, like you just mentioned, about showing the highlight reel. Because the highlight reel is really what allows there to be additional highlight reels. And that's the thing. It's a highlight as opposed to this is your life. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. What is a good work-life balance? So with that question, I don't even believe in the notion of a work-life balance. The reason I do not believe in the notion of a work-life balance is from the genesis of the term. The genesis of it came a few hundred years ago. And the intention behind the term uh, was brought up during the Industrial Revolution of Europe and in the United States. And it was there so that those individuals in those factories that are working 14 hours, 16 hours a day, could feel better about spending so much time away from their family, so much time away from home. Prior to the Industrial Revolution, there was no need for work-life balance because most individuals worked and lived in the same space. Everyone had their own thing. So if you were a shoemaker, you usually lived above or below your shop area. And same thing for farmers, you may go into town to sell your wares, but for the most part, you lived and worked with a certain degree of sameness, especially location. So this idea that now you have to feel good about being so far removed from what was normal for for millennia needed some coaxing and some marketing (laughs) words. And so that's how this notion of the work-life balance came to be. So a modern day version of that are those larger companies where they're providing breakfast, lunch, dinner, and all refreshments. So you don't have to go outside. You don't have to go anywhere. You can just (laughs) work the whole time. (laughs) Exactly. And so though I do understand that as someone who has definitely been in corporate America, as far as big business, Uh, Being a defense contractor, I've definitely been someone that was 
change to the three C's of life at one point, the three C's being the cubicle, the check and the coffee pot that is definitely rampant and customary in corporate life. So I get that, how it may seem that, you know, oh, we're giving you all these perks, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, we have a game room that you can go to. We have a, a nap bar that you can go and go take a nap and then come back to work. But the whole point of that is they are keeping you away from ever pursuing anything because you're at their beck and call. Because, yeah, you might be taking a nap. You may be playing pool. You may be eating lunch. But one thing you're not doing is going after the very thing that your soul says belongs to you. How can we open up our eyes to society? And is there an ideal solution? I am finally old enough to realize that there is not one solid solution for all people. That is the luxury of being 40. Finally realizing that there is not a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter prescription. I will say that if someone is considering that there is a different way, I would say your first step could be stillness. Finding time to be quiet. I say that because I value quiet because with, of course, social media, technology, now we are even stepping into virtual reality. I just saw uh, a demo for uh, some virtual eyeglasses and how that integrates into our world. And I see that people could be spending more time in virtual reality than this one. So with all that being said, I say quietness. That's your first step, just to move, remove all the clutter of what's happening around you so that you can ponder about what's possible. And then the reason why I say that, because clarity has to happen, but clarity cannot come if you are not allow yourself to be quiet. Hmm. There are so many distractions, notifications, mm-hmm. else that's disturbing you. And sometimes we have to put ourselves on do not disturb just so that we can get that, that silent moment in order to reflect. Uh, yes, you are correct. And I, I love that putting yourself on Do Not Disturb. That needs to be a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> I'm, like I'm on D&D. I believe that. I, I wish that for more people. I truly believe in the stillness and what the stillness can do, what the stillness can bring. Uh, many, many times we are doing so many things because we are afraid of who we are and what we're dealing with and what's bellowing and boiling beneath the surface, the surface of our lives uh, to the point that we're walking around in these silent frustrations moments away from crumbling into ourselves. And so we keep ourselves occupied with our phones and our people and our organizations and our committees and our charts and our presentations um, and our fundraisers and all these different things that seem beneficial to society while we are killing ourselves slowly. What would you say to someone who 
okay, they're feeling the burnout and they want to take time to be silent. But for some people, looking in the mirror and seeing their real selves or even attempting to see their real selves can be a bit scary. That's true. To see yourself could be scary. And here's the thing. If you don't look at you, how do you expect the rest of us to? Yeah. Like, honestly, if you are thinking like this is going to be, you know, a very trying, let's say, exercise to truly look at you in the fullness of who you be at all times, with all feet, all of it. And I get it. But at the same time, most of us, not all of us, but most of us in some way, in some regard, are asking someone in our lives to fully accept us for all we are, whether it's a parent, a child, a lover that has been around for years, even decades, or even someone new that we just swiped on on just last night. They were looking forward to our first date with. Regardless, we are asking people daily to love us and see us and appreciate us in all of our vastness. And we won't do the very thing that we are requesting. That is so true. And that's the reason why I just loved your introduction, because you just shared exactly who you are. There's no undeniable question about who you are and what you're about. And I think we have to all identify that within ourselves. Like, Who are you? Who am I? And being able to articulate that to other people. Agreed. And let me just say that (laughs) that did not feel easy to Mm. get to because there was once upon a time and there was a version of Asa, version of me, that you told me to say out loud, especially publicly, especially on someone's podcast, that, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm about to tell someone that I'm divine? Are you nuts? Uh, especially coming from the African-American Pentecostal Christian tradition, that is blasphemy to even have the idea of your own divinity, to even reconcile, to even pose the question could be your start to being eliminated from a congregation, especially with both my parents being pastors. So that didn't come because I've just always known. I do think we all have a divine knowing that there is more, that this is not all that there is, regardless of your of the way you see spirit, either you're agnostic, Christian, Muslim, Hindu, does not matter. There's a knowing in us that knows there is something more. We might not know what that more is, but there's something more. I would like for you to consider that more is already within the depths of who you are. Yes, I totally agree with you 100%. And you know what? I just think that by you identifying your true authentic self, if it means that you have to leave people behind in order to be yourself, then so be it. Agreed. And that, especially when I was a commander in the military, term hit me very significantly called the loneliness of leadership. 
And sometimes yeah. even the leadership in your own life, not any organization, not any group project. It's about project management, just simply leading your own life. There are times when you have to realize that you're just going to be alone because people may not get it. They not truly understand it. And they might be on their own journey of what that looks like for them. Asa, what are the lasting thoughts that you'd like to leave for our audience? One thing that allowed me to transition from something that was more organized in the way that I see the divine to something that was more individual that allowed me to start the reconciliation of my own divinity and the divinity of others. Because how dare I say or recognize my own divinity and then not look into the eyes of someone on the street or at the train station that does not have and not see theirs as well. And, and it was actually a scripture. Um, it was in Psalm and it said, be still and know that I am God. And that has been a mantra for me for a few years now. And every part of it, as you condense it, gets sweeter and sweeter. So of course, be still and know that I am God. Well, guess what, if that's too much for you, you get to just be still and know. And if that's too much, you just get to be still. And if that's too much for you, all you have to do is just be. Fantastic advice. Asa, I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. If you would like further details about Acer, then please follow the links in the show notes. <laughs>